Oh my god. You can't fit up here. <laughs> She's turning into a demon. Oh no. We're so close to being done, Bachi. Just hang in there. She's got her dragon. It's got squeakers, kid. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Not the squeakers. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Girls Talk Bollywood. I'm Kim. And I'm Katie. And we're here to talk about singing and dancing and Bollywood boys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) As well as some other really dark and upsetting topics. Yeah. Like, I know... (laughs) So we're we're talking about Satya Prem Kikata. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that last week when we were talking about it, you know, you were like, yeah, it looks like there's some serious stuff, but seems like a nice romantic rom-com. Boy, <laughs> and, was I wrong. <laughs> right? But yeah, you know, I think both of us were like, yeah, I, I, I think maybe her like betrothed dies or something. Like mm-hmm. maybe there's some initial sadness or whatever, but yeah. this is, it got dark. It yeah. Gets, <laughs> very dark, very serious. And I think it was a pretty solid handling of some of those serious topics. There are some things that I think it's very worth us unpacking and talking about a little bit more. But overall, I think it could have been handled a lot worse. (laughs) I agree. Okay. If that is our standard, yes, I agree. I, I do, though, want to apologize to any listeners who listened to last week's episode and then watched this movie who maybe would have liked a trigger warning or a content warning. Um, So I think it's valid for us to give that now in case anybody Mm -hmm. is listening to this without being familiar with the story of this movie. The plot recap and probably our discussion about the movie contain topics like sexual assault and rape as well as attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, would have been really nice for Amazon to have put up a trigger warning. Or just even the movie, yeah, yep. ahead of time, just... Yeah, I don't feel like we see that much in Bollywood, um, mm-hmm. and suicide is often a, a topic in these movies, but it also is because it's, like, pervasive. Right. It would have been really nice for us to have known that before we watched the movie, yeah. Apologies to anyone who wanted that as well, and now, now here it is from us. Yes, I know we often joke about the the synopses, not yeah. necessarily even talking about like a quarter of what's happening in these films. Right, but that's usually when it's like, oh, there was a heist, but really he was a prince all along. <laughs> that exactly. wasn't even mentioned. Yeah, it's like goofy stuff, and this is. Just, yeah. This is not the kind of thing that you shouldn't no. know is, like... Correct, you yeah. Can't, you don't get to use this as a, you know, as a surprise in your movie. Right. Like, you this don't is need the to, twist. You don't need to go into exact detail, but you need to say these topics are hugely central to the plot. It's not just as if they're, like, mentioned right. once and then moved on from. Yeah. yeah. I was read. I read the reviews on Amazon, which were all fairly positive, except for a few people who were just like, didn't like it, but didn't elaborate at all. And I do think it's interesting that this movie has overall pretty solid ratings and reviews most of the places yeah. that I looked, at least. Yeah, and I did because... like it. I did enjoy the movie. I think that there are some valid criticisms to be made, but I did yeah, like it. I didn't dislike it. Okay. 
I think I got really up in arms about certain things <laughs> and I was like there was no one to talk to about them and so I'm still kind of up there yeah um so I'm looking forward to actually having that discussion with you sure and then yeah. maybe on the other side of it, I could be like, yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's not delay any yeah. further. Yeah, so before we dive into the plot, we should say the movie stars Kartik Aryan as Satu, Kiara Advani as Kata, who I thought gave a really good performance. She did, yes, um, absolutely. And the movie was directed by Samir Vidwans and was written by Karan Srikant Sharma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't going to mention men. any of the other actors. <laughs> um, no. Oh, yeah, two men. That's a big part. Well, okay, let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll just, yep, two men. Anyway, yes, we're, we don't waste any time here. We go right into the movie with a banger. And that mm-hmm. banger is Guju Pataka. And what we're seeing is our boy Kartik in a bunch of wedding scenes, looking resplendent. <laughs> He's, yeah. you know, we're seeing a lot of different kind of cultural wedding traditions and outfits, which is fun. We see him in a white suit. We see him mm-hmm. in like a gold outfit with a red embroidered coat. And then my favorite is him in a dhoti with like big white sneakers. Um, yes, that was a good look. He looked really good. Like, Men look really good in dotis and lungis. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm here to say it. Uh, I agree. <laughs> and all of these outfits are, like, buttoned down to the middle of his chest. Um, That's his classic look. And very Bollywood, too. It's very Bollywood. <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of appreciate that he's, like, rarely, if ever, shirtless. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't need to be. It's fine. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Good for you, Kartik. Just the tease um, is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite dance number. It's a great dance number. Yeah, it's, it's not really my fun. favorite song, okay. but it's my favorite dance number. Right off the bat, I was like, oh, we are in it. Yep. This is going to be the biggest, glitziest Bollywood fun time. <laughs> <laughs> Just based on like his personality shining through and how much fun he's having and his big smile. Yeah. I was really excited. I, I do want to say, though... There was a lyric that I was offended by that I took personally. Oh, no. And it was, horses are old school. They're in the past. There are still horses. (laughs) Yeah, and he was like, and so I ride a motorcycle. And I was like, I disagree. And I would absolutely go on a man, like, go with a man on a horse. Sure. Before a man on a motorcycle. Yeah. I believe that about you. If there's yeah. one thing Although, I could say for sure about you, it's that. <laughs> if there's no horse, I, I will go with the man on the motorcycle. Right. Yeah, as opposed to just a man standing on the street. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's my tiered system. Um, despite what the opening number with all these weddings would have us believe, Satu, Kartik's character, is not about to get married. In fact, no. he's the last bachelor in his neighborhood, um, and he's too busy having to do like all of the cooking and cleaning in his household <laughs> yeah. to be able to get married. He's um, like Cinderella. He is like Cinderella, <laughs> yeah. And because his family, interestingly enough, the women in their family are the breadwinners, and then he and his dad are both unemployed handsome guys. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But at least, like, he does all of the housework and cooking and stuff. Like, I truly don't know what his dad does. Dad doesn't contribute much. Dad has a couple of moments that I liked, but they didn't outweigh the moments that I didn't like from him. So dad's not my favorite. Same dad from SMZS, too. So already went into it with a bad taste Mm. in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. 
I was wondering why he seemed familiar, but yeah. that explains it. Yep. <laughs> That's the guy. But poor Satu, he's just desperate to get married. And he, you know, he's like begging them to just get him married off to a lady. Yeah. And he finds out that his parents are actually trying to marry off his younger sister, the Zumba instructor, before him. Uh-huh. And he's not pleased about this. Um, and his sister teases him because he apparently only has like seven followers on social media. And appara- and that's very important in her mind to attracting a woman. So right. she's like, you're a failure. It's not going to happen. Did you have the same thought I did, which I was like, our podcast has like <laughs> I did followers. just now as I was saying it. <laughs> but listen, we're not trying to get married. We're just trying no. to entertain a handful of people on this planet. But mostly ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But so after this comment from his sister, Satu's dad is like, well, why don't you just delete your social media profiles if it's if you're doing so badly getting people to follow you? And Satu's like, I can't because of her. <laughs> and stares off into the middle distance. And then we get a flashback to a year previously where mm-hmm. Satu and his dad are attending a performance from the quote-unquote prettiest pride of Ahmedabad. And yeah. we get another dance number, Rat Batki. Yeah. Which I also really liked this. This I is... also do, yeah. And I liked the music, too. This might mm-hmm. be my pick. I think yeah. I think it is, but we'll all see if I change my mind later. <laughs> There were, like, three that I was just like, wow, yeah. yes. We get, like, three or four mm-hmm. in the first, like, 20 to 30 minutes of yeah. this movie. And, like, these two are so similar in terms of, like, the energy mm-hmm. that it's hard for me and my brain to separate them because there's I... not a lot of context, like, in either Yeah, I think that's situation. very fair. We do, we do kind of just get thrown into this, like, another yeah. dance number all of a and, sudden. I think there's a reason for that because they were like, we want to put in all these dance numbers. We got to front load the fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which Um, I'm sure we'll talk about. But anyway, sorry. (laughs) Um, But so this is our introduction to Kata, our female lead. And Satu, after seeing this initial performance, he is totally besotted. Again, the actress Kiara Advani, like just I loved her eyes were so enchanting as she was dancing. Like I felt very drawn into her performance. And it was like her presence. Yes. Yeah, I felt the joy. Yes, which really, like, makes it hard when you see her soon without that joy. Yeah. Um, But I did, I loved all of her outfit changes. Yes. Like, the skirt swishing. Excellent skirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know what style of dance this is, but they do it in Ram Lila too, and there's just there's something very pleasing about it, and we see it yeah. again at the end of the movie. But then and then Kartik's like really cute dancing in his jeans, <laughs> and it's adorable. Yes. Um. But so after the kind of last performance that we see Satu going to to admire Kata from afar, he does get the courage up to talk to her. Um. Mm-hmm. And so he's like waiting outside the theater. He's trying to be kind of flirty with her. He says he likes her butt. And then <laughs> Kata's like, well, my boyfriend, Tapan, is on his way to pick me up. And if he sees you here flirting with me, he's probably not going to be happy about it. But like, you know, in a teasing way, we go back to the present and we learn that Satu's dad is a big fan of gossip. And he yep. finds out that Kata and Tapan have broken up. 
Mm-hmm. And so he talks to Satu. He kind of like talks him up and he's like, listen, you can do this. Like, you've got the kind of vibe that the ladies like, which is true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, and so Satu's like, all right, cool. And so they go to the show and they meet Kata's parents outside the show. But they say, oh, well, she's actually not performing this year. And in this moment, I was like, oh, she's pregnant. Because I was mm. like, why wouldn't she be performing for a year? Um, ah, yes. And I wasn't far off from the truth. No, um, I didn't even. I was just like, okay. <laughs> Satu's dad is like, go to Kata's house. She's there by herself. Go and woo her. Um, I do like how much of a like wingman his dad is. Yeah. At the start, his dad's really sweet. And he is like, you can do yeah. this, man. Like, I want you to get married, too. Because mm-hmm. really, probably just because he wants a woman in the house to do all the cooking and cleaning for him. So that's not yep. great. <laughs> <laughs> but so he sends Satu off. Satu goes to her house. He has to sneak in. And he sees her standing on her balcony. And he's, like, waving to her. And she's not responding. Yeah. It's something's very clearly wrong, and she's kind of like wandering, very disconnected, like off to the edge of the balcony. And so Satu yeah. finds a ladder. He climbs up, and she turns to face him, and she is sobbing uh-huh. with blood pouring out of her wrists. Yeah. Um, to explain that just the exact shift in that moment, mm-hmm. because in my head I was still like, this will be a cute romantic thing. And yes, I understand she's sad, but he'll yeah. help her overcome it. Right. Like up until she turned around. And then I was suddenly like, oh my God. Okay, yep. we're, this is the plot. This is uh, a different movie than expected. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I know we like point. a tonal shift, but I, I wish I'd had some sort of heads up I in think some if, fashion. I think if we had known that that was what the story was, this would have been like, oh, that was so well done, as opposed yeah. to like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kata collapses. Satu carries her to the ER. They're able to stabilize her, and she's physically okay. Um, Satu goes in to talk to her, and she's very upset with him for preventing her from successfully completing suicide. And Satu asks her point blank, well, why did you want to die? And she doesn't answer him, and she just tells him to leave. Um, Mm -hmm. But as he's leaving, Kata's dad stops Satu on his way out, and he's like, what happened? Why were you at the house? And Satu, bless his little heart, explains in full detail. He's like, well, I'm super into your daughter, so I broke into your house. I climbed on the balcony. I was just thinking, maybe not great as Satu's dad is. Mm Kata's dad is so much worse. Oh, I hate that guy. I have so many notes about how much I hate, <laughs> I hate that man. Him. Hate him so much. After this moment, the doctor comes up and is like, well, we're going to have to call the police. And Satu's like, absolutely, you aren't going to have to call the police. And he recites mm-hmm. the Indian penal code back to this doctor. Basically, the doctor was like saying that because he wanted the dad to pay them off, which is horrible and disgusting. But Satu yeah. diffuses the situation and Kata's dad's like, oh, are you a lawyer? And Satu says that he failed out of law school right we learned what the llb fail yes. means yeah <laughs> not- it does not mean he's an ll bean guy yeah no <laughs> but so kata's dad's explanation to satu of why he thinks kata attempted suicide is that oh she's been depressed after this breakup her singing career isn't taking off and we're getting her younger sister married before her and satu's like okay. hey i can relate to that 
And then this horrible, horrible man, Kata's father, goes in to talk to her and basically in front of her entire family says that he's disappointed that she was not successful in taking her life because he's a horrible, despicable human. Yeah. And Kata's mom stands up for her a little bit in this moment and is like, what we need to do is get her married so people won't be looking at us funny anymore. Which Right. I'm not so sure that marriage is the answer to no. her mental health problems. Uh, tying like, her to a man? Probably not. Um, uh, yep. But it's the solution to their embarrassment problems. So mm. that's what they're going with. And we learned that she's already been turned down by six families because everybody already knows about this relationship she had with Tapan. And then meanwhile, we get this period of the movie from basically this point until intermission where we're kind of watching two different movies. We're watching Kata's tragedy and we're watching Satu's comedy. And so back in the comedy, uh, Satu and his dad are getting drunk and Satu's saying, like, I got to forget about Kata. Clearly, she's still in love with Tapan. And I did appreciate that he's not, like, mad about this in this moment. I'm going to point out these little things where it's not that I'm saying that this movie is good, just where it could have been worse. (laughs) Yes, no, and I agree. It's really, it's a question of what was the movie trying to achieve. Yeah. And I'm confused about it. Okay, that's very fair. Yeah. And I think part of it is about male behavior. Mm -hmm. Hint, hint. (laughs) And I do think that Satu is not a toxic man. Which is really nice to have in this role. Yes, he does. So I agree with you. Yeah, okay, (laughs) great. Anyway, yes. He's like, I gotta forget about her. Um, But then, just in that moment, he gets a text from her, and she's thanking him for saving her life. And the next day, he goes to her house and brings her flowers, and he tells her that if anyone ever makes her want to die again, she should kill the person who makes her feel that way instead, and he'll show up as her supporting hero. (laughs) And I bring that up because I like the way it comes up back again at the end with him actually realizing in a roundabout way how you can actually support a person in this situation. The killing people thing I'm not on board with, but the support is great. Um, Yeah. It's hard to match this level of trauma with comedy. Yes, And, you know, to be clear, I don't think that anything that we see through this, what I call, like, Satu's comedy is actually funny. It's just he doesn't know what's going on. So he's still this, like, light, carefree vibe. And that is very much not what we're seeing on the other side of things. Um, Yeah, but it felt to me that the movie wanted to be all things. Sure. And And it wanted the audience to be like, this is funny. And then this is sad. This is funny. This is sad. And yeah, I think that's a very good point. And in that way, maybe cheapens the actual tragedy of the situation. More on that later, though. Sorry, I'm interjecting. No, no, it's great. I love the interjections. But so then after this, we get kind of a we get a one sided love song called Lei Aunga which starts off with them releasing a bunch of balloon hearts that probably killed a lot of turtles. So this is We've my least favorite part. We've talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that happens, and after this love song, Kata's parents come over to Satu's house with a marriage proposal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all a bit awkward. Satu is asleep in the middle of the living room. Uh, <laughs> it's like noon. And so Satu, when he wakes up, asks to talk to them privately. And he's like, first of all, let's not tell my family about Kata's attempted suicide, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is fair because that's her business. And then he's like, you guys know that I'm 
unemployed and kind of good for nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Kata's dad is like, no, I know I'm giving my daughter to the right person. And Satu is thrilled about this. Meanwhile, yeah. Kata is angry with her parents for marrying her off without her consent. Yeah. Imagine that. But uh, her dad is like, no, we've given you too much freedom. You're not getting any freedom anymore. Then he literally threatens to kill her if she doesn't marry yeah. Satu. Yeah, he just is awful yeah. in all ways. Yeah. There's no redeeming that and the, in my eyes. The movie didn't make a big enough deal about how awful he is, in my opinion. Yeah, I think what they were trying to do was to be like, this is how a man could act versus like, this is how a man could act in the way that Satu is acting. Yeah. Like, I feel like they were trying to hold them up as Juxtapose. like foils. Yeah. But didn't do enough with it yeah. to really make that clear. So it's just kind of like a jerk. I think her dad should have like spontaneously combusted at the end or something. That would have been nice. Or, or he has his own issues now to work through when he realizes the depth of what harm he has caused his daughter. Right. Uh, Satu's family goes to Kata's house. He's just staring at her, again, completely besotted. She looks mm -hmm. absolutely miserable. He asks to yeah. talk to her alone, and he asks if she's okay with this. And she's, What's she gonna say? Right, and she's like, I'm not, but I've made a lot of bad choices, so now I'm just gonna do what my dad wants me to do. And this is good enough for Satu. He asks no follow-up questions. So then we get a montage of the quote-unquote happy couple going through all the wedding rituals. Um, again, we're getting this contrast of like Satu smiling, loving every minute of these celebrations, and Kata just like mm -hmm. fully disassociating. Then, you know, we get their wedding, and after their wedding, they head back to Satu's house, and then Satu and Kata get in bed together, and she is keeping as far away from him as physically possible. And Satu takes this moment to share with her that he's a virgin and that he's been saving himself for his wife. Um, and he's yeah. never thought that this would happen for him. And Kata just says nothing. She shuts her eyes and Satu leaves her alone. And he says to himself, okay, well, she must be really tired. And so he just kind of goes to sleep on his side of the bed. Yeah. But later that night, Kata wakes him up because he's snoring. And she says she can't sleep. He's got to go sleep downstairs. Mm-hmm. And this leads to poor Satu desperately trying everything he can, every home remedy, every prescription yeah. that he can find to stop snoring. But nothing works. And night after night, Kata wakes him up and kicks him out to go and sleep downstairs with his dad. At this time, I wrote, wow, this movie's a lot more about his snoring than I expected. <laughs> And sure, it's not actually about his snoring. No, but it did go into a lot of, uh, <laughs> lot of detail about it. Um, yeah. And then briefly, we learned that Tapan Kata's ex is engaged to one of Satu's sister's friends. Um, and this mm -hmm. is very upsetting for Kata to learn. And that night, Satu is telling Kata, you know, everything he's been doing to stop snoring. And Kata's like, why are you doing this? Why do you want to share a bed with me so badly? And Satu's like, well, you're my wife. Isn't that what we do? Um, and Kata's like, nope, I'm not interested. You should just go. And Satu yeah. starts to leave, but then he turns back and just straight up asks Kata why she doesn't want to have sex with him. And Kata says that she is asexual. Yes. And now this, this is... Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's uh, not. Mm. But in this no. moment, that's what she says. To be honest, I was willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, me too. Because here I was like, oh, wow, is she actually asexual? Yep. Like, that's so great to have this representation. And, like, I'm really interested to see how this plays out in their marriage. Because mm -hmm. also at this point, 
I didn't realize the depth of what had happened to her either, right. obviously. Yeah. I just was thinking she was still heartbroken. Yep. And so I thought, well, that would be a reason maybe that someone wouldn't want to be in a relationship with her. And, right. like, that's really hard. Yeah. If she's not actually asexual, I am furious. Yeah. Well, that this came up. Let's get through uh, a little bit more <laughs> Sorry, plot yes. here. And no, no, no. And then I'm going to kind of share my thoughts. So, yeah, she explains that this means that she doesn't want to have sex with anyone. She doesn't want to have that kind of relationship with any person. And that that's why Tapan dumped her. And if Satu wants, he can leave too. And so Satu leaves again to go and sleep downstairs. And, you know, he's clearly devastated by this news. Mm-hmm. Kata, we then see, like, alone weeping and she's looking at the scars on her wrists and we get a flashback to her before the wedding at a doctor's office getting an abortion mm-hmm. and so in this moment i was like okay she was raped she's asexual yeah. that's yes that's horribly tragic like right that's... i had the same thought too i'm still operating off of the expectation yeah. that she actually is asexual yep. like and I also, I watched the movie on two different days, so I stopped Mm. here and then, like, had 24 hours before I came back to finish the movie, and in my head I was thinking, like, because I've seen some, like, clips from later in the movie, like, I know they do become really close, and I've seen that, like, them hugging and stuff, and I was like, this, is this gonna be, like, a really beautiful story of him accepting her and being like, if this is how you want to be in this relationship, then I'll meet you where you're at, I I was, like, getting really excited for it. (laughs) Right, because it's like... Yeah, anything that we saw could have still happened. Yep. Like, yeah. just because you're asexual doesn't mean you're not affectionate no, or, like, exactly. physical touch. Yeah. Um. Again, we're going to find out in just a few scenes that Kata is not, in fact, asexual. And two things that I want to say that are really upsetting about that. One, nobody needs a reason to not want to have sex with someone. So the fact that the yes. movie decided to just have her lie about one, not right. my favorite thing. And two, we understand now from all of the research we did in June that a lot of the different sexual identities are very misunderstood in India, and this just right. seems like a great way to continue to have people misunderstand what it means to be asexual. Agreed. Yeah, and I mean, it's almost like they were banking on that, yep. because his response when she tells her tells him is, what is that? And instead of this being like a oh, yes, let me educate you on this thing that I actually am. Mm -hmm. It's hard because I understand the trauma there and I understand the societal pressure where you're correct. No one should have to lie about why they don't want to have sex. It should just be, I don't want to. And that's it. But also, do young women in society necessarily always feel that way when they are sitting next to a man that they were just married off to against their will? Sure. And, and then it's like, well, yeah, and I understand why she wouldn't feel comfortable sharing what happened to her, which is the real reason why she doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm very conflicted. I just don't like that the LGBTQ com- community ended up on the losing end yep. of no matter what. We- yeah, <laughs> of, of everything always. Yeah. yeah. Um, I-, I totally agree with all of that. And that also is making me think, you know, and we'll talk about this. And I think you also seem to have this feeling as well. I don't understand why this movie is Satu's movie. That is my main critique. And yep. we'll, we'll talk more about it as, as we mm-hmm. go and at the end. But in this yep. moment, I'm thinking of it like if we had seen from Kata's perspective, the like, mm-hmm. I don't know how this man is going to react to me saying I don't want to have sex with him. So why don't I just tell him I'm asexual? Yes. It would have been like, I mean, again, not great and still problematic in its way. But again, it's like 
now we see her having that motivation that you just described and Mm -hmm. it makes it a lot less negative in my opinion still negative but not quite so bad as this just like throwing it out there agreed if the audience never thought she was i think i would not feel as badly about it yes yeah okay (laughs) um (laughs) after intermission satu he's gone to work at kata's dad's candy shop so he's there and he's getting upset at all the customers and Kata's dad pulls him aside to be like what's going on with you and Satu tells him straight up he wants a divorce because Kata's asexual which in this moment I was upset at the idea that Satu had just outed Kata but that's not actually what's happening there's just it's layers so many layers layers of just ick Kata's dad is like, well, she's lying. She's not asexual. You just need to make her more comfortable around you and, you know, she'll warm up to you. Um, At this time, too, I was also just like, what do you know, dad? I know. I was like, that's sick. Like, if this is her sexuality, it's who she is. But anyway. And you might not know because you're awful to her. So why would she trust you mm-hmm. with her actual identity? No. Yeah. yeah. And then we find out more layers to that later on. But so mm-hmm. um, we do see Satu, who has gone back to being his usual sweet self, uh, yeah. show up with flowers for their one month wedding anniversary and their yellow roses. And Kata's mm. like, well, aren't these supposed to be red? And Satu says, no, they're yellow for friendship because first we need to be friends. Yes. Like, I do appreciate that he is not pressuring her in any way. Yeah. And instead he's trying to be like, okay, let's figure out where you are comfortable. Yeah. And like, let's meet each other there. Yeah. That is very sweet you know you know what i'm realizing is like there are these moments for me that i saw of like this is really nicely done it's well acted it's well written it's kind it's actually like showing human interaction the way you would kind of want it to happen and then they just did all this other stuff that that cheapened it or made it not as impactful as it could have been yeah so uh then they get invited to kata's sister's fiance's birthday party so they get all dolled up and they go to the party but they immediately find out that tapan is on his way to the party loved satu in this moment he turns to her and is like do you want to get out of here? And she's like, yeah. yep. And so they leave. And again, at this moment, all Satu knows is that Tapan is her ex. And again, we could have seen him get really angry and be like, well, you should be over him by now. You're my wife. Yeah. But no, he's like, yeah, well, let's just get out of here. Um, right. It's like he's actually being supportive. Right. And seeing her needs and then meeting them. Yeah. Which is great. Imagine yeah. that. And he also, he even takes it a little bit further because they're like driving and he's like, well, I wanted to leave because I didn't like the food. So we got to go right. get food. And that, you know, <laughs> and that gets a little smile, gets a gets a little warm moment from Kata. So they go and yes. have food and Satu is like completely overcome. And he says it's because he once dreamed of them eating together and now it's a reality. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, and then in the dream we went boating. So then they go get on a boat. <laughs> yeah. It's um, very sweet. And now we get a real love song, Nasib Say. And this is a montage of them like being really sweet and considerate with one another. There's a lot of wind in everyone's hair. And there's a moment where she initiates holding hands with him. So like clearly, like she's starting to soften a little bit. We still see that they're sleeping separately, but mm-hmm. this is good sign, steps in the right direction. A friendship is growing. Yes, yes. There's trust developing. Over the course of this love song, we also see Kata convince Satu to re-enroll in law school and Satu tells her that he loves her 
And Kata doesn't reciprocate, and she tells him to be careful about speaking his truth, because not everyone can hear the truth, and some truths we can't accept about ourselves. But then Satu gets her right back and says that whenever she's ready to tell him her truth, he's ready to listen. Yeah. And the good news is that does turn out to be true. (laughs) Yes. And he is doing all the right things. Yeah. In this way, like not pressuring, Mm -hmm. just like being supportive and like, I'm a safe space for you. Yep. And that night, she actually invites him to sleep upstairs with her. And they're Mm -hmm. laying together in bed a little bit awkwardly. And then... Kata reveals that she lied about being asexual. And Satu goes right past the why of this and straight to just being relieved to learn this news. And then things start to get a little romantic. There's some hand intertwining, there's some neck nuzzling, and then finally they kiss. Things -hmm. are getting a little steamy until they lay back and Kata is just frozen. And I'm not going to go into detail about this moment, but essentially what immediately becomes clear is that she was previously raped by Tapan. Yeah. Um, And Satu tries to soothe her, but she is overcome. She runs into the bathroom. She shuts the door behind her. And he tells her, come out whenever you want to. I'm going to go sleep downstairs. And he kind of leaves her to to, Like the right thing to do. Yeah. She is a suicide risk, but also, like, you know, he... Like, giving her space, I, I understand why that why, what his motivation was there. Uh, and so the next day, a meddling auntie named Christmas arrives. Um, I forgot about her. I know. And she learns <laughs> that Satu and Kata have been sleeping separately, and she decides to make this her business. And so at Auntie Christmas's insistence, Satu goes to talk to Kata, and then they have this moment where they, like, press their hands together through the window, and we see them both crying on opposite sides of the door. Mm-hmm. Satu storms downstairs, he tells his family to leave Kata alone, and then he goes on a revenge mission. First, he does something that I do approve of. He goes to Kata's parents' house and asks Dad again why Kata attempted suicide. And Dad just fully blames Kata, just lays Mm -hmm. the burden of that entirely on her shoulders. And then he tells Satu, if she ever gives you any trouble, you can just hit her. Just beat her. It's fine. And then Satu lunges at him. And he he does not go to the point of hitting him. He stops just short of that. But he really gets in there. He really wants to. He really wants to hit him, and so do I. He then is like, okay, let me explain what's going on. And this, in a rare moment of allowing Kata's voice to be heard in this movie, we actually hear from Kata the actual, like, words of what happened to her. Because we cut back to Satu's house. Kata comes downstairs. She approaches Satu's family. And at first, Dad and Auntie Christmas are, like, yelling at her. But then she's like, hold up. Let me tell you what happened. I was raped. I cannot stand being close to men now. Anyone Mm -hmm. have any questions? No? Great. And then she goes back upstairs. Yeah. But when she gets there, she's, like, holding herself a little bit straighter. There's, like, a little bit of a light in her eye. Like, there's this, there's an empowerment to finally having, like, said the words out loud. Yeah. Again, I wish we'd gotten more of her perspective throughout the whole film. Absolutely. Because it does not feel like it was her choice to reveal that. I don't know. It just, it didn't necessarily feel like a, yes, this is the time. It did feel like she was coerced in some way, even if it did make her feel better. Yeah. You know, I don't know know that I, I think I'm kind of in between on that. I don't think it was entirely her choice. I don't think she was entirely forced because 
Satu was all ready to say, like, just leave her alone. We're not going to yeah, talk about it. We're going to leave this where it is. And she then makes the choice to go downstairs and tell the family. But I do agree with you, though, that, like, she shouldn't have needed to tell them that this happened to her. They shouldn't have been, like, meddling in her marriage. Yeah. Um, and again, it's, you know, it's the it's a different culture. Right. So, right. you know, there there's that, too. Yeah, so I, I think I, I agree with you while also maybe seeing it as being a little bit more her choice. Mm-hmm. Then Satu does something that I do not approve of, where he goes to Tapan's office and he beats him up, beats him bloody, yeah. and he gets arrested, but Tapan doesn't press charges, and Satu says it's because he's scared. Kata did not ask for more violence in her life. No. And Satu just did this for himself. Yep. And while I understand the impulse to want to enact violence, I think if they really wanted this scene to happen, they shouldn't have had it be, like, such a hero moment and praised him so much for it. And they should have had Kata... Well, I mean, she shouldn't have had to do this, but, like, someone should have been like, "Mm, that was probably not the right move, bro. Like, Yeah. Especially when you're trying to establish trust right in that you are not a violent man yeah i agree with that and that's also where it goes back to i think the main point of this movie was to demonstrate appropriate male behavior Mm -hmm. for the women in their lives who undergo this trauma as opposed to empowering women in any way right yeah (laughs) yes I, i yeah so that's its own thing but then it's also still how men should behave in these situations according to men. Right. Yes. <laughs> so it's like clearly yeah. a man wrote this and it's like, yes, because obviously men should be the hero and should cause violence to the man who has hurt their women. Yeah. And I'm like, that's such a male it's, yes. idea. Yeah. It's so, yeah. No, you're so right. The, the Like, yeah, I need to protect my woman and I need to go and like. Yeah. Yeah it's, just, yeah. it's just stupid and unnecessary. And I really didn't like that it happened. And again, I knew it was coming and yeah, not thrilled. But anyway, so everyone's trying to figure out what to do with all of this. Satu's sister is like, I gotta go tell my friend who's engaged to this guy. And dad's like, <sighs> no, sit down. Which, I'm sorry, but yes, we should tell his fiance that he's a rapist. That, yeah. I, yep. Yeah. So, you know, the family, kind of led by mom, is saying, let's not do anything. Let's just keep this under wraps. And mom's motivation is, like, we don't want Kata to be shamed. That's very valid. This is where we see kind of a turning point for mom. Up to this point, she's been a bit of a nag. (laughs) And now she's kind of turned into, like, a a more supportive person. Yeah, Um, and and an actual, like, protector of Kata. Yes. Mm -hmm. But so then we cut to Satu and Kata finally, like, getting the chance to discuss everything together. And Kata is saying that some men just can't hear the word no and she says Mm. only Tapan is to blame not her clothes not her drinking not the fact that she let him round second base because that does not give him permission to slide into home correct she says that she wasn't going to tell anyone about her pregnancy but the gynecologist who was working to then gave her the abortion was a family friend and told her father who told Kata's father which that woman should lose her job yeah um yep But uh, Satu interjects with what he thinks of as a sweet comment, which is that he's glad that the gynecologist spilled the beans because otherwise they wouldn't have ended up married um, and he wouldn't have gotten to save her life. And otherwise he'd still be a loser. And Kata says, we need more losers like you. 
this wasn't Satu's moment to receive comfort. No. It's a nice line that we need more losers like you, but we could have fit that in somewhere else, I think. Yeah. But again, it's about him and not her. Exactly. So we shift gears once more. The next morning, Kata cooks breakfast for everyone. It's clear she's starting to feel more comfortable and like she can really be a part of the family. Um, and we get another love song, Pasori Nu, which I really liked. I liked the music of this was good. I enjoyed this. Is this the like mountain yes. montage? It's my favorite. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, this is my favorite song. Like, I also just love the playback singer's voice. Yes, me too. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed this song a lot. And like you said, they go to this beautiful alpine location. I'm not sure where they are. There's a particularly charged moment that I really enjoyed where he, like, offers her a cigarette and then she takes a drag and then she offers it to him and he takes a drag and then starts coughing. (laughs) Uh And I don't know why, like, we're not supposed to think that smoking is sexy or cool anymore, but that moment just really, like, got to me. (laughs) It's funny. Yeah, I was just confused. Yeah, like, (laughs) why why they were smoking. Yeah, like, why did he have the cigarettes, but, like, he can't smoke? (laughs) I don't know what it was. It was all very strange, but I really liked it. Yeah, I was just like, I'm just, it it feels weird, like... (laughs) And out of place compared to everything else. And I understand that maybe it was like a little bit of humor being thrown in yeah. there. You know, I liked it within the context of the song. They have a Lady and the Tramp moment with some noodles. Um, lots of very, again, charged moments of him like warming her hands and warming her face. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the number, they sit on their bed together. Kata starts kissing Satu, but then she stops and he just holds her. Yeah. Um, and the next morning, Kata tells Satu that... She's going to go back to her parents' house because she can never truly be his wife because they'll never be able to have sex, and she's never going to want that. But Satu says all he needs is to be able to hold her hand. And she looks thrilled by this, and she hugs him, Mm -hmm. and he's like, ooh, a hug. I wasn't expecting (laughs) a bonus of a hug. And so then they go back home, and uh, Satu, again, has a really sweet moment with his mom, where she tells him that it's okay for him to be disappointed that he may never have a sexual relationship with his wife. He just can't make Kata feel guilty about that. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) And she says that her wounds are deep, Kata's wounds are deep, but if he remains himself, they might heal. And this, again, huge moment because she's never said to him that he's enough before. In fact, she's made him feel very Mm -hmm. consistently throughout his life that he's not enough. So her having this moment of building him up is very sweet. Yeah. But Satu reflects and he feels like he needs to do more. He needs to push kata further so the family decides that they want to have a satya narayan puja which as i understand it is a ceremony a hindu ceremony about overcoming the difficulty from past lives and about renewal it feels mm-hmm. very appropriate in this situation but yeah. satu takes this opportunity to announce in front of both of their families that he thinks kata should file a case against tapan and he's got the paperwork all ready to go all she has to do is sign yeah and kata is seeming very much not ready for this um and the family is saying no we can't do that because it'll be embarrassing for us but satu says tapan committed a crime he needs to be punished (laughs) again according to him right yeah and so satu also says that he feels guilty for also in a sense taking kata without her consent when they married Um, And so he's like, this is my way of repaying you, which again, it's not what she wanted. No. 
I appreciate his acknowledgement. Yes, absolutely. Of that. But then I'm like, but then you acted without her consent again. Right. Yeah, yeah. By doing this. Because you assumed you knew what was best for her. Right. And Kata says she doesn't care if no one else understands as long as Satu understands, but Satu insists that Tapan should be in jail. Um, And Kata needs to be her own hero. And then he hands her the paper saying that he'll be her supporting hero. And Kata walks Mm -hmm. away um, and Satu follows her and he does apologize for trying to force her. Um, (laughs) At least he acknowledges it. But then she says that she just realized today that she's been blaming herself and the real person who is to blame has been living happily. And now she needs to fight for herself. Um, And she thanks Satu, they embrace, and she signs the papers. And so we see Tapan get grabbed by the police, and presumably we see Kata arrive to testify against him in court. And then we, we get a final dance number, Sun Sajni, where Satu announces Kata in the way that she was announced at the start of the movie. And it's a fun final dance number. I usually don't like enjoy the final dance numbers as much as yeah. I enjoyed this one. But we're back to kind of that earlier performance style. And there are these good moments of like sexual tension between them. But then there are also these like sweeter and softer moments between them. And I did really, again, you know, I want to make sure to acknowledge the acting in this movie yeah. which is is very good and also mm-hmm. the chemistry between these two actors is really good because they're able to kind of be both of those things when the moment calls for it but so then the last shot of the movie is the two of them cuddled up in bed sleeping together which i thought was a very sweet place for us to end except that i wish satu had been snoring because oh, that, would that would have, have just really like <laughs> meant you know it all kind of came full circle I kind of wanted to wrap up the plot stuff and then we'll, I'll bring it back to the statistics because these actually come in before the final dance number. Oh, um, right, yeah. So the, the statistics that we get at the end of the movie are that rape is reported every 16 minutes in India, according to a 2019 statistic, and mm-hmm. 96% of rapes were committed by someone known to the victim and in most cases, their husband. And yeah. then they make a note India has one of the lowest rates of rape per capita, and they kind of leave it at that for a second, and then they change the card to say, because an estimated 99.1% of sexual violence cases go unreported. Yeah. And, you know, some of this is stuff we've talked about a little bit when we talked about dowry. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we know a little bit already about the violence that's committed against women And, you know, I don't feel like we necessarily need to go into more detail about that. Yeah, it's it's important to talk about. And I think I'd be more game to talk about it had I known that we were going to be watching a movie centered on rape. Yeah, again, would have been really nice to have any sort of content warning. Even IMDb, like, you know, it just, it could have been anywhere and it really didn't feel like it was anywhere. Well, because, yeah, it's just, it's like, as women, it's really important to shine a light on the abuse being committed Mm -hmm. toward, like, against other women. And also, it's exhausting to constantly think about that. Yeah, absolutely. Risk in our lives because it is a risk. And and just sometimes you're like, I just don't want to think about it. Just let me watch a rom-com. Well, and frankly, too, (laughs) for me personally, and I know for many other people in the world, the suicide component is also something that I do not like to be surprised about. It's something that I... I don't like to be thinking about it in life when I don't have to be because there are times in my life where I do have to be. Um, Yeah. But... 
let's talk about how much better this movie could have been if it was from let's... Kata's perspective. Yes. <laughs> great uh, total, well, not even a total change, <laughs> but, but great subject change because, yeah, I was really struggling with it mm-hmm. because I wanted a film where Satu is still there. Yep. And they're dealing with these issues that are coming up. Mm-hmm. But have Kata be the main character. Yep, absolutely. And show us that she has close female relationships. Wouldn't that be nice? Let's pass there, the Bechtel test, people. There was not one moment in this film where there was not a man on screen. That's, like, where it was two women. Yeah. No, didn't happen. Nope, yeah. I know Kata came down and told his family what happened to her. Right. But could we even have had a five-minute conversation where his mom and sister, or just his mom, then went up and said, hey, let's talk about yeah. this. Yeah, like, what do you need? There was nothing. No. And it really bothered me. I was like, in a film that is presumably about women mm-hmm. and the violence committed against them at the hands of men, there's not one scene where a man is not present. No, Like, that's yeah. messed up, that's, frankly. That is absolutely true and and wrong that was what I kind of came to as well as I was watching the movie and like you said we didn't we honestly didn't need to change anything about what we saw of Satu's story but if we could just have just seen more of Kata I was just thinking about this in terms of the you know at the end Satu like bringing her the papers and everything like she Mm -hmm. does eventually agree like yeah I do need to fight for myself if we could have seen her come to that conclusion even if it was like I think this would be the right thing to do but I don't know if I can I'm scared I don't know what's gonna happen to me and then he was like let me be the one to initiate it like would have loved that it's like you said at the start it took me talking about this to kind of fully realize a lot of my feelings about this movie I think the reason that I liked it is because I'm finding myself just kind of remembering the moments that were sweet and were good and then Uh filling in the gaps with what I wish it had been Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. if I ever went back to watch this movie, which I don't think I'll ever do, right. I think if I did, though, I would be really disappointed that I was misremembering how poorly handled a lot of it was. Yeah. yeah. I said that it's really hard to see a man be the agent of change yes. for this woman who was violated by a man. Yep, absolutely. I think that's really what it boils down to, yeah. Right, and we could have just, like you said, made it that she's her own agent of change, mm-hmm. and then he's the supporting character. But again, I think if a woman had written it, yep, and if a woman had directed it, I think that's what we would have seen. Yeah, absolutely. It's this weird pro-woman movie that doesn't actually give the women a voice. The, the space to, yeah. Which means it's not pro-woman. No, yeah, exactly. Well, and what I do think is interesting is thinking back to the reviews, a lot of people are saying, like, you know, this is an important topic that was handled in a sensitive way. And I think in some ways, yes, that's true. Yes. I also think this is a big problem with Bollywood in general. Mm -hmm. And this prompted me then to kind of go back and look at the movies we've watched. And very few of them are about women. Very few of them are about the female characters. They're mostly about the male characters. And let's be real. I mean, our tagline is we're here to talk about Bollywood boys. Like, that's just because we're two straight women (laughs) who like to talk about boys. I will say, though, our movie next week. Well, 
Yes. Features a very strong woman. And yes, and was also, that movie was written and directed by a woman. And <laughs> yes. I'll be honest, as I when I watched the first half of Satya Prem Kikata, I was like, God, this is making me really want to watch Dancing Jody. Like, maybe we should swap mm, yes. it. Yes. Yeah. But then at the end, I was like, no, we need to watch Dil Dadakne Do because we, I'm spoiling it, sorry, but <laughs> we need to watch something next week that has that girl power, frankly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I agree. It's kind of like when we were watching the LGBTQ films, right? Where I'm like, okay, some representation, as long as it's not damaging, right. even if it's not perfect, is better than no representation. Mm-hmm. And so I do appreciate that this blockbuster film is talking about this issue again i i think the movie was confused about its message Mm -hmm. because i know i was confused because i said like maybe the goal was to advocate for changing male behavior yeah like that's the only thing i can think of is that at some level the men behind this film said let's produce a film that the main character is a man who is acting the way that we would like to see men act yeah in this situation but even then i i don't think they did that as strongly as they could have if that was their goal yeah i agree yeah and in that case if that was their goal then they really did just use kata as a prop yeah no they they definitely yeah. did i i agree with that 100 percent. i sort of wonder to a certain extent whether a movie that was about kata would have been successful because i think this movie was I pretty successful yeah. i think you know had decent showing at the box office people really like kartik like people are going to come mm-hmm. out and see him I wonder if there's this mentality of, well, if we make a movie that's about a woman, it's not going to have the same power. People aren't going to come see it. So if we want to tell that story, we have to tell it in a way that, and I'm not justifying that. It's like, it's sort of like with the LGBTQ plus movies as well. It's like, if we want to get the message out there, we have to get it out there in a way that the people can actually digest. Right, you kind of have to buy into it, buy into the system first. But I don't, you know, I don't even know if I want to give the filmmakers enough of the benefit of the doubt to think that that even went (laughs) through their minds. But then I was going to say, I feel like kind of the core message of the movie, if I was going to pick one, is the idea of, like, supporting victims in, Mm -hmm. like, finding the strength to call attention to what has happened to them and to place the blame where it belongs on the person who has committed violence against them and to shift the idea of, well, we have to keep this under wraps. It's embarrassing for our family and for the victim. Like, nobody can talk about this if it happens. And to make it more like, this is a crime and the people who commit it need to be blamed and the stigma cannot be on the victim. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's why we get this whole speech from Kata about, like, this was not my fault. I did not do anything that would make this okay to happen to me. But again, I don't necessarily feel like it was executed well. You know, I don't... That's what I see as being the message, but I still don't think that it was as clearly articulated as it could have been. Yeah, I think because, yeah, she had this really nice speech, but other than Satu, no one else's behavior really changed. Right. You know, there was no real reckoning. Well, and to even Satu didn't even change because he kind of was already yeah. there too. Like it was a speech that sort of seemed like it was just there for the benefit of the audience. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we could have seen Kata come to that realization of like maybe blaming herself and then realizing, no, I'm not to blame, it probably yeah. could have been more powerful for potentially a woman watching the movie who has been in this situation and realizing, right. oh, I'm not to blame. 
Right. Yeah. It also just kind of from the most basic level made it seem like women who undergo trauma need men to help them out of it. Yeah, and that's where it would have been great, like you said, to see her have the support of some other women in the movie. Right. After having talked about it, I'm still... I'm still riled up. I'm glad that they called attention to Mm -hmm. the issue. I'm glad that there are blockbuster films doing it. I'm just angry. (laughs) Well, and I think ultimately I find myself feeling more negatively about it than I did when I sat down in front of my computer today, which, Mm -hmm. you know, ultimately, yeah, like needing to talk about it and, and get it all out and then hear your new thoughts and also reaffirming my thoughts is, is what brought me to that point. I do feel very strongly that if there had been warning like you have said this movie could have gone over maybe slightly better and we could have been sitting here saying like good on them for trying but here are the Mm -hmm. things where they fell short as opposed to why is this the is why is this what we just had to experience circling back around to reviews because Mm -hmm. you're right I didn't look at that many I'm gonna be honest so I'm sure there are reviews out there that do voice these concerns but not really that I saw. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, am I? We see this though, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> other people are seeing this. Yeah. There were reviews that were saying that they were trying to make both like a glitzy family oriented rom com mm-hmm. and a serious film yep. about an important social issue. Yep. To the detriment of both of those goals. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think they were afraid to lean into just creating a drama. Because they were worried about their profits. Yes. And also probably male viewers' reactions. Yes. Yeah. So that just, again, it just undermines everything. Yeah. So (laughs) I, I think as a woman, I probably would have happily skipped this film. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I find myself ultimately in the position of I'm glad to have seen it. Um, mm-hmm. I did really like a lot of the dance numbers, and I I plan to add them to my Spotify playlists, but I also completely understand your perspective and w- would not in any way try to convince you that you were wrong about it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks, Kim. You know what we have here? A supportive yeah. friendship. <laughs> Someone's gotta... <laughs> yes. Yeah, for research, I really wasn't in the mood or headspace to do anything with with rape. But I was finding myself curious about the abortion policy Mm -hmm. in India. But yeah, so just to give you some background, abortion in certain circumstances has been legal since the Medical Termination of Pregnancy Act was passed in 1971. Wow. Which actually is pretty closely aligned with our timeline in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Up until recently. Yep. And yeah, this came about as an answer to the 1960s when abortion was becoming legal in more countries and women who didn't have access to safe legal abortions were forced to resort to unsafe methods. Mm-hmm. Um, before 1971, abortion was only allowed in cases where the woman's life was in jeopardy. Okay. And just to compare that to currently, as of 2021, abortion can be performed until 24 weeks of pregnancy and the cost is fully covered by the government's national health insurance. Wow, okay, that's great. That's great, yeah. yeah. I did, though, find a study covering, like, 2010 to 2013. Okay. So that three-year period, um, I guess four-year period, 
it's always confusing isn't it (laughs) yeah yeah but that study determined that in five out of nine indian states over two-thirds of abortions may be unsafe oh and an unsafe abortion is described in the study as being abortions that are not performed or completed in a health facility okay were not performed by a skilled birth attendant or were carried out at 20 weeks gestation or beyond okay which i think makes sense because this is before the 2021 like you can get an abortion up to 24 weeks so sure yeah but disadvantaged women are more at risk of having an unsafe abortion Mm -hmm. and some reasons for this are cited as being socioeconomic vulnerability teenage pregnancy and inadequate access to healthcare services Hmm. of the things you just said though none of them are really like social no which is interesting social isn't like specifically as it relates to abortion like right i know and i had written as something i could look into i was like okay why is rape underreported it's probably because of fear of social backlash right yeah and i imagine that that does play a part in abortions as well Mm -hmm. and i just didn't but that's fair you didn't want to experience evidence of hate against women I I just yeah I wasn't there. That's this okay. Week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as of 2019, so I re- found this article that was written in 2019. So the numbers might be inaccurate at this point, but uh, I think generally speaking, they're mostly yeah. factual. It's within the last um, five years. Yeah, but about 70 percent of India's population live in rural areas mm-hmm. where safe abortion services are not readily available. Mm-hmm. Um, and more than half of the abortion-related deaths in the study were due to a lack of access mm. to those services. Mm-hmm. And the scientists found that women living in rural settings had a 26% higher chance of an unsafe abortion and were more likely to die from an abortion-related cause than women living in urban areas. So just like so much of what we've talked about, the majority of the population is living in these areas that these efforts just don't really get right. to. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it's great that it's legal and it's funded by the national government, but that doesn't help if facilities aren't available. Right, exactly. Within, act, like, you know, if they're not accessible. If people can't get yeah. to them, yeah. And what I also found was that the risks of unsafe abortion and related deaths are also higher among those are, who are illiterate or uneducated, hmm. which I think given the rural-urban divide also, you know, makes sense. Yeah. But women with no education were 48% more likely to have an unsafe abortion compared to women with higher education. And similarly, women at the lowest end of like the economic scale, aka the most impoverished, had a 45% higher chance of an unsafe abortion wow. than the wealthiest women. Yeah. And also probably a lot of those women don't have the means of travel in terms of like needing to support families in some way or like not being able to afford travel to places where facilities might be safer. Yeah. So that's also a downer. And then it also just then begs the question of sexual education. Sure. Yeah. And I did read just on Wikipedia. I think this is its own subject, honestly. Mm Mm-hmm. But the Wikipedia page on sex education in India says, Sex education is a very controversial and taboo subject in India, and people's opinions about it are quite divided. Hmm. The states of Gujarat, Maharashtra, Madhya Pradesh, Chhattisgarh, and Karnataka have banned or refused to implement 
sex education in school to preserve culture. Wow. The Hindu nationalist government in Madhya Pradesh said sex education had, quote, no place in Indian culture, end quote, and plans to introduce yoga in schools instead. I mean, you can have both. <laughs> right. I'm like, yoga's great. And also, <laughs> and you has know what else nothing is to do with sex education. Practicing safe sex. Ugh. It's just the classic conservative concept of if we turn our backs on the problem, we can pretend like it doesn't exist. Right. It's like talking about it makes it a problem. And right. it's like, no, no actually, it's actually, talking a about problem. it <laughs> helps. It's without yeah. talking about it, it's making it more of a problem. Yeah. Right. And teachers just don't want to talk about it in schools mm-hmm. either. And it is culturally taboo, I think, in a lot of places yeah. because – a lot of parents feel like sex is embarrassing or dirty to talk about with their kids. Yeah. So then the kids aren't getting it in school and they're not getting it at home. And then they don't know about like contraception or right. consent or, you know, like, yeah. Um, because after teachers were like, we don't want to talk about this subject with our students. Some schools hired professional counselors and then created like an anonymous Dropbox that teen like students could just drop in their questions anonymously and then the counselors who are trained to talk about these things would respond okay to the letter so that students could get the answers to their questions i feel like that's also problematic because it's like you don't even know what you don't know right and it's also attaching shame to the even the asking also yeah you have to be anonymous yeah yes and apparently you know depending on what age you're catching people like what I was reading was that girls were asking a lot about like menstruation and like Mm -hmm. body image stuff and boys were like asking about nocturnal emissions Mm -hmm. and like body size so this also makes me think I'm like okay so these were like 12 year olds probably right yeah like this is these are people well although I don't even know because if these things aren't talked about then there probably are people who experience it over the course of multiple years without really having answers to some of these questions right so it really could have been anyone in yeah you know I guess that's true around the age of puberty asking those questions about your own body are really good but it's just as important for you to understand the sex that you're interested in yep their body too well and also yeah, then and like we add in the like lgbtqia plus and, and like sexual yeah. identities and there are people who are trans who are like i have no idea what that right. means and i i'm having body dysmorphia i mean there's just there's so, so much, much that when the communication isn't happening it leads to all these societal problems and it's just yeah. really sad and when yeah, you and keep trying to sweep it under the rug, it's just not going to get any better. Right. And and I brought that up, too, just because there's a lot of young girls who are not in school. Right. In India. Yeah. That's... Like, that's a big population. Yeah. So those kids are definitely not getting it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not uplifting. No, but it's it's really, I mean, it's interesting and important for us to talk about. And, you know, it's raising all these other questions for me that I hope we'll be able to take the time to answer in the future. But honestly, I'm also glad that this is what we talked about because I was thinking about it after last week too, because I don't remember if this happens in OK Kanmani, but in OK Janu, when there's the whole thing where Tara pretends to be pregnant and Adi like mm-hmm. gets nervous, at least in OK Janu, there's like a mention of abortion. Honestly, in a way, it feels like an easier topic to discuss than rape, yeah. for sure. Even though yeah. they are two things that do often go hand in hand, 
Right. Whew. So, <laughs> Bollywood. <now. laughs> Gosh, I, you know, can I just say, really was not expecting when I picked this movie for us to watch that <laughs> this is what this would feel like for us. I, you know, I'm not going to say I'm sorry, but uh, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> it was unexpected. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah, Bollywood news. The one piece of Bollywood news that I wanted to share, and I do also want to take this opportunity to thank the listener who pointed out that we have been pronouncing the, na- the name of Shah Rukh's new movie incorrectly, and that it is yes. Jawan and not Jawan. Yeah. Thank you. I, that's my fault. I apologize. I thought that it was the word Javan. <laughs> and I was wrong. So I'm glad to know that. And please, we, we always appreciate that kind of observation. We do our best. Yeah. We try to research things, but we didn't do that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, Again, if you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Or if you think you know what you don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> In my we're white case. ladies, so. <laughs> um, yeah, we think we know a lot. Anyway. <laughs> Jawan had the biggest release day and the biggest release weekend in the history of Hindi cinema. Wow. And that's amazing. Breaking the record previously set by <laughs> Patan. <laughs> Shah Rukh still got yeah. it. Surprising no one. And that's just, I think that's just fun. Because, you know, he had a string of not-so-hot movies there for a little bit. Mm. And it's great to see him coming out strong after a few years, a little bit, you know, stepping back. And I hope that that means that people are enjoying Jawan as much as... yeah. Uh, we enjoyed Patan. I, it is actually playing at the theater near me, but I don't have anyone to go with because Katie doesn't live here anymore, so oh, I have not no. seen it. <laughs> Do you have any other Bollywood news? That's it for me. Okay. Pluggables. Yes. Follow us on Instagram at Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. Yep. We love any and all interactions there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on mm-hmm. and leave a rating or a review. Thanks so much if you do that. And also just thanks for listening. Yeah. We love having you here with us. Please also follow us on TikTok, also at Two White Girls Talk Bollywood, and listen to our YouTube and Spotify playlists. They're fun. We link them in our episode descriptions, as well as in our Instagram posts on Tuesdays. It's a good time. Yeah, it is. You know what else is a good time? Um, so that's our next movie, guys. Uh, end the episode. No. Um, yeah, so we're we're going back to the Oktar family because, yes. you know, it's a great, happy place for us to be. We love this movie. Dil Dharakne Do. I've been trying to practice saying it, and I'm still doing it badly, and I apologize, friends. But, yeah, really excited to to watch this movie. Yeah. It's going to be a nice break. Spe- <laughs> It, it really is. And we've seen it. It's yep. going to be like sinking into a nice warm bubble bath. It really is. On a nice exhausting day. On a nice cruise ship. <laughs> yes. With very attractive people everywhere you look. Everywhere you look. And sweet dogs. <laughs> oh, yes. But yeah, to spell that out, it's D-I-L mm-hmm. space D-H-A-D-A-K-N-E space D-O. Yes. I I still call it Dilda Dakne though. You know, but that's okay. <laughs> but it is funny because I've always like listening to the song, I'm like, oh yeah, they're not saying Dilda Dakne though. <laughs> but we are. So I don't sing it that way, but when I talk about it, yeah. But yeah, phenomenal film. Yes. 
Uh, Starring, like, all the best. Yeah. Let's, I mean, all our faves. Let's throw out just a few of these amazing names. Anil Kapoor. Who, have we watched yep. a movie with Anil Kapoor yet? I can't believe we haven't, I don't but know maybe we not. Have. Well, anyway, if we have, not enough. Anil Kapoor, um, <laughs> Shafali Shah, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Ranveer Singh, Anushka Sharma, Farhan Akhtar. Mm-hmm. Could you ask for a better cast? Like, tell me. <gasps> I don't think so. <laughs> and also, this is the movie that made me fall in love with Ranveer Singh, so mm-hmm. it's always a fun one for me to come back to. It yeah. was also the movie that made me fall in love with Farron Akhtar. Yes, it so. brought him from, like, you know, friend territory to more than friends territory for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> uh. So, the plot description on IMDb is, the Mera family must contemplate over their way of living and their love lives while on a cruise celebrating their 30th wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm, That's pretty mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. I forgot about that whole piece of it. Like, the family drama aspect. I'm just thinking about <laughs> all of the romances. <laughs> That's, like, a big part of it. It is, yeah. That's, like, the core of it. And then the romances are all kind of, like, around uh-huh. it. Yeah, there's sprinkles on top. Exactly. Um, at the It's available to watch on Netflix, mm-hmm. at least in the U.S. Also uh, on Amazon Prime, apparently. Oh, well, look at that. Yeah. All right. Netflix already knew what that I wanted to watch it. They were like this. And I was like, yes. <laughs> you are correct. Um, the Netflix synopsis is, while hosting a shipboard holiday for relatives and friends, a wealthy but dysfunctional family must face the ugly truths under their flawless facade. Mm. That's yes, a good one. That is a really good one. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm super excited to watch this. Again, you know, we get some much better, more fully realized female characters in this movie. It's almost like when women write and direct films, uh, they can create that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who knew? Um, Zoya Akhtar, we applaud you. Um, And we'll talk more about why next week. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we had some rough times just now. Yes, we did. Yes. But we got through them together. Yes, and that's what matters. Uh And so I'm just really looking forward to watching this and talking about it next week. And until then, remember, Bollywood doesn't need us. Nope. But we need Bollywood. In general, yes. (laughs) In general, yes. I could have sat out on this one. (laughs) 